Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a really dark day. Um, It gives me absolutely no pleasure in telling you that this absurdity continues up on the House floor with this uh, ridiculous, outrageous, absurd I mean, feel like I'm living in another planet, bizarro world impeachment right now going on up on Capitol Hill. Um, I've got a lot to talk about on that. I've got the disastrous interview by Lisa Page last night on uh, MSNBC, which could not have gone any worse. I still can't understand that. I'm not kidding. Why these spygate co-conspirators cannot stay off TV. Every interview they do digs them deeper into a hole they cannot get out of. I've got that. I've also got some really what I think is going to be stunning information on some predictions I've made in the past on what's ahead, ladies and gentlemen, that I think are coming to fruition and very few people are talking about. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Well, not not real happy to be here, pal. I mean, you know that. So yeah. no happy face on this guy today. Yeah, yeah it no, sucks. No, no, it is. It's a I dark day, there, folks. Though. I think we've seen a real uh, a punch to the face, pun intended, yeah. I guess, um, of, of uh, to the Constitutional Republic. This was never what impeachment was intended for, for petty political fights about a phone call quid pro quo that nobody can prove happened. And matter of fact, the only firsthand witnesses who allegedly heard about it said the president said no quid pro quo. This is really stunning. All right, let's get to it. Right, Today's brother. show brought to you by our buddies at NetSuite. We use NetSuite here at Bongino Inc. That's the name of our business here in the household. We'd be lost without it. But why? That's important. Why do we use NetSuite? Because if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. That's why NetSuite by Oracle, that's a problem they set out to solve because most companies don't have a clear picture of their finances and that's why many businesses fail. The question for business owners out there is, are you confident you've got the right numbers at your fingertips to make sound business decisions for you? Serious entrepreneurs and finance teams run on NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite offers a full picture of all your finances in one place in real time, right from your phone or your desktop. There's no more guessing. There's no more worrying what you don't know could kill your company. Now you'll know. That's why NetSuite customers, get a load of this, grow three times faster than the S&P 500. You can too. Schedule your free demo right now. Don't wait. And receive their free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com slash Bongino. That's a free demo in your free guide today at netsuite.com slash Bongino. That's netsuite, S-U-I-T-E, netsuite.com slash Bongino, netsuite.com slash Bongino. Go today and check that out. All right, Joe, let's go. It's a sad bell today, folks. I just uh, yep. really I'm, I'm disturbed by this whole thing. Um, obviously, this thing is a total hoax. And when I say hoax, I don't mean that it's not happening. And I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm saying. I mean that it's based on a hoax. Um, we, we have demeaned and damaged the words of uh, the, the word impeachment, and what it means. There was a uh, commentator on Fox this morning. Forgive me. I forget who it was, but they brought up a really great point. That from this point on, impeachment is going to become a standard battle tactic for any administration, Republican or Democrat, uh, any excuse me, any party that runs the Congress. That's it. It, it. Impeachment is meaningless now because if you can impeach the president on a hoax charge that firsthand witnesses said didn't happen, you can impeach the president for anything. I mean, digest all of this, folks. Barack Obama was not impeached after delivering a pallet of cash, literally. Not figuratively. To an Iranian administration whose slogan is death to America. This guy made ransom payments to a sworn enemy of the United States and sponsors terrorists in the form of pallets of cash. We know happened. He wasn't impeached. Barack Obama ignored the law. Ignored a duly duly enacted law on immigration policy and instituted DAPA and DACA and basically said, I'm not going to enforce that law, absolved himself of any of his constitutional duties to support illegal immigration and wasn't impeached over that. Yet they managed to impeach the president, the Democrats, despite a record economy, job growth, all of the good news. NATO funding he got, hopefully a China trade one phase deal, uh, phase one trade deal, I should say a potential deal on the horizon with the UK, all of this going on, they impeached the president for a quid pro quo that never happened. Stunning. Let me show you some more hypocrisy before I get to the page interview to show you how stupid this really is. Okay. This is Representative Jackie Spire, a rather clueless representative up on that, just another one who knows nothing about, now doesn't even know what she doesn't know. On CNN yesterday, hysterically, hysterically, Talking about Mitch McConnell and the suggestion that he should recuse himself, McConnell, 
because they've already admitted this is a hoax trial and their minds are made up. They got the evidence on the House side, Joe, the Republicans. They know it's all bunk. They've heard it and they've already got their minds made up. Good. You should. Exactly. This is a BS trial based on nothing. We've seen your evidence. There is none. You accuse Joe of robbing a bank. No bank was robbed. They, the jury's going in there saying, we know the bank wasn't robbed. It's a hoax trial. That's it. Got nothing. Spire Joe. They got nothing. Wants McConnell to recuse himself, but she conveniently leaves something out here. <laughs> Notice she's not asking Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, or Bernie Sanders to recuse themselves. These are what? Non-biased jurists? <laughs> who are actually running in the yeah. next election against President Trump. Notice how she leaves this out. Check out this cut of the absolutely clueless Jackie Spire. Majority Leader uh, McConnell said today that he's not an impartial juror in the Senate impeachment trial. What was your reaction to that? Well, I think, you know, we're going to have to call for a mistrial before it ever gets over to the Senate. Uh, my understanding is that each of the senators is going to have to take an oath that they will independently evaluate the evidence for impeachment and for conviction. It sounds like there's no interest in doing that whatsoever. And I would think Mitch McConnell should recuse himself. <sighs> Listen to me. Go ahead, Democrats. Call for a mistrial. Nobody cares. Nobody is listening to you. You are morons. Your swing state polls are in the can. Support for impeachment is in the can. Minority voters support is spiking for President Trump. The economy's doing well. Nobody is listening to you. Nobody outside of your elitist Amtrak corridor, D.C. to New York media bubble, your snot-nosed elitist entertainment crowd and academics are the only people that care. The iron triangle of stupid. Media, entertainment, and the liberal academia, uh, the liberal academics and liberal politicians, the iron triangle of morons are the only ones listening to you. Go ahead, declare a mistrial. Nobody cares. Good luck. Knock yourselves out. This thing has blown up in your face spectacularly because you can fool the American people. You can try once. By the second or third time after the Mueller hoax and the collusion hoax, everybody's caught on to your peak stupid. It's going on right now. You're going to see an impeachment vote today. And folks, just so, I, I mean, I don't mean to talk down to anybody. Please don't take this wrong. But I got a text yesterday from someone I, I thought would, knew what was going on and they said, I can't believe it. Is the, is the president going to be removed from office tomorrow? No, folks, no. it's not what happens. An impeachment is not a removal from office. No. It's simply a political charge levied by the House. There is a trial in the Senate. That's what Spire is referring to, Jackie Spire. They need 67 senators to vote yes to remove him from office. I know a lot of you know that, so forgive me for repeating it. They're not, there's not gonna, it's not going to happen. The president's not going to be removed from office. No, this is this try. This is a total joke. It's not even a serious trial. All right, let me move on. You're going to see a lot of this today, and we've already covered it to death. I mean, it's based on nothing. There's not much else to get to. So I wish there were, but there's not. It's a hoax. So uh, Lisa Page appeared last night on uh, Roswell Rachel's show on MSNBC, and it was a fiasco. I mean, Roswell, Roswell hasn't given up on the conspiracy theories yet. I want to play a few cuts from this and reinforce some of the information we've presented to you over the last few days. To show you a couple of things, um, Lisa Page, I don't believe is telling the truth. Um, I don't believe she was candid at all. I think there were things she did tell the truth about up on Capitol Hill, notably that the FBI was misled at points by the CIA about the robustness of the information they were getting and where it was coming from. Uh, but Page, is a, she's spinning. She likes to spin material to make herself look good. I don't know why they keep going on TV. Here's the first cut. This one's almost laughable, Joe, but it accurately sums up the problem with the deep state, which is obviously very real at this point to anyone paying attention. Yeah. Um, that doesn't include the media, of course. I said people paying attention. Here's Lisa Page summing up the issue with the deep state here. Remember, Joe, it's not your FBI that oh, yeah. you pay for your uh -huh. tax dollars, right? Yeah. It's her FBI. Listen to this hilarity. Check this out. I mean, it's it's really one of the more painful aspects of this entire two years. I mean, the president's attacks and assaults are one thing, but this is my institution. This is my Justice Department betraying us. And, you know, if there's there's an element of uh, this is a claim that well, this is congressional oversight and we had to do it. I have been a part of both of these institutions for a long time, and I know what it looks like when you're trying to when the department is trying to protect people and protect information. And I know what it looks like when they're not. 
There were plenty of ways to fulfill their congressionally mandated oversight responsibility without politicizing our messages, without shoveling them out in the way that they did. Why do you think they did it? Well, my speculation is because this was not a great time for the Justice Department. Wait, wait, let me get this straight. We politicized your messages. You were one of the lead FBI lawyers on the biggest political spying scandal in American history based on hoax information you guys failed to vet while having an affair with a co-worker who's investigating Donald Trump, while exchanging text messages hoping he loses 100 million to one and about the smelly Walmart people that support him, while doing said text messages over taxpayer-financed FBI phones. Mm-hmm. And we politicized your texts. And you're wondering why your Department of Justice and FBI put that stuff out there in the interest of transparency? Is this serious? Unfortunately, the answer is yes, it was serious. Ladies and gentlemen, this woman is delusional. Delusional. You let's just be crystal clear about what is going on here. You, the taxpayer that works for a living. This is your country. It's not hers. She is a taxpayer and one of 330 million like you are. She has no additional oomph in our system than you do other than a position you paid her to take. In that position, she is supposed to be advocating on behalf of the people of the United States to combat crime and terrorism and on a counterintel operation. In her role as a lawyer, she forfeited all of those roles to have an affair with her boyfriend and text them about how they wanted a presidential candidate to lose while they were spying on him using easily discredited information from his political opponent. And we're, we politicized it? Are you crazy? Miss Page, I'd never met you in my life. Please. I say this with all candor, and I mean it. Just take the L. You lost. You got busted. You got nailed to the wall on this. Just stop. Apologize and move on. It is a forgiving country. You are going to have to take some medicine on it. There may be legal consequences. There may be civil lawsuits. You are going to have to face the consequence of your actions. But just stop the nonsense. This is your Department of Justice. It's mine. And Joe's. It's mine, And Paula's. And everyone. It's not yours. You work for us. Yeah, I work for you. You do. And you screwed up. That's the easy one. I got two more. It gets worse. I'm going to suggest some fixes in a bit, too, because, you know, sometimes we don't do enough of that on the show. I wrote about this in one of my prior books, but it's easy for me to condemn. And I've done this show before, but I want to talk about some fixes going forward, what we need to do after this FISA court rebuke. So don't go anywhere, folks. It's going to be a loaded show today. I'm going to try to get through all of it. Here's uh, video clip number two here. Again, Lisa Page trying to address what the insurance policy is and trying to gloss over it. I'm going to give you her version of it, and then I'm going to sum up what we discussed the other day about what the insurance policy clearly was at this point. We'll address that on our interview this week with Devin Nunes, too. You're not going to want to miss that. Check this out, Lisa Page, on what she says the insurance policy was. Can you explain to us tonight um, what was meant by, for example, the insurance policy? text message. So this is you and Peter Strzok texting about the prospect that President Trump is going to be elected, the unlikely prospect. Right. I mean, it's an analogy. First of all, it's not my text. So I'm sort of interpreting what I believe he meant back three years ago. But we're using an analogy. We're talking about whether or not we should take certain investigative steps or not based on the likelihood that he's going to be president or not. Right. You have to keep in mind, if President Trump doesn't become president, the national security risk, if there is somebody in his campaign associated with Russia plummets. You're not so worried about what Russia's doing vis-a-vis a member of his campaign if he's not president, because you're not going to have access to classified information. You're not going to have access to sources and methods in our national security apparatus. So the insurance policy was an analogy. It's like an insurance policy when you're 40. 
You don't expect to die when you're 40, yet you still have an insurance policy. So don't just hope that he's not going to be elected and therefore not press forward at the investigation hoping, but rather press forward at the investigation just in case he does get in there. Exactly. This is unbelievable. This is stunning. Whoa! Again, Lisa, oh. seriously, just go away. You are not helping. Oh. You just nailed yourself to the wall. Do you understand how this country and the Constitution was framed and worked? You are not the national security apparatus. The responsibility for national security is levied on the president of the United States as commander in chief. The FBI, Lisa, in case you haven't read it, I know you say you're a lawyer, is not in the Constitution. Do you realize what she just said? Mm. That the national security apparatus, we'd have to keep sources and methods from the president if they were colluding with the Russians. They weren't. You just made that up. So just to be clear, the national security apparatus, which is the president, is to be kept from the president because someone told us he was working with the Russians when he wasn't? And you guys took that upon your own to do that? That's called a coup. That's called tyranny. And then she says this to Roswell, and Roswell nods her head. Yeah, yeah, we got to keep the secrets from the president. We? Who did something wrong here? The FBI or the president? You alleged it was the president. Now we know with the IG report, it wasn't the president, it was you. And you're still defending the insurance policy, ladies and gentlemen. We now know what the insurance policy was. This is the investigative lead she was keeping in her back pocket. For those of you who missed my show mm -hmm. the other day, this is from the IG report. Let me read to you this last sentence. Remember the, what's the text date? What is the date of the insurance policy text? August 15th, when stroke text page, we need an insurance policy about that plan we threw out in Andy's office. What was the plan they threw out? On August 15th, they're texting each other. Well, look at this from the IG report. Quote, for these reasons, on August 15th, Case Agent 1 emailed a written summary on Carter Page to OJC from the FBI stating that he thought the information provided a pretty solid basis for requesting FISA authority. The summary, which was prepared and briefly described Page's Russian business and financial ties and his prior contacts with Russian intelligence officers and his travels to Russia. According to the FBI, both he and SOS believed they had enough information to establish the probable cause necessary to request a FISA on Carter Page. Here we go. Case Agent 1 told us that Page's contacts with known Russian intelligence officers provided a pretty good link for a FISA. Folks, we now oh. know what the insurance policy was. Back in May, I believe the FBI and others, based on text messages on May 11th, get a hold of the information that Papadopoulos met with Downer, Alexander Downer, Papadopoulos from the Trump campaign, met with this Australian in London, and that Downer hears Papadopoulos allegedly say the Russians want to help us in some kind of offer. The FBI says they don't get that tip until right before uh, it, it, July 31st, in the third week of July. I don't believe it. They have that tip on May 11th. They're sitting on it. That us, notice Papadopoulos, the allegation isn't that Papadopoulos said the Russians want to help me. It's that the Russians want to help us. The FBI makes the ridiculous leap that that us meant Carter Page because he'd contacted Russians before. He'd contacted Russians on behalf of the CIA, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, working for the U.S. government. The FBI gets dissed on the Papadopoulos Page warrant. And on August 15th, they throw out the insurance plan where they walk into Andy's office and they probably say, hey, listen, we can go back to the FISA court and get a warrant again on page, even though we got dissed. But we're going to have to do this one thing, the insurance policy. What's that, fellas? Let's say this tip we have about Papadopoulos saying the Russians want to help us, that the us likely means Carter Page because he's contacted Russians before. Someone probably says in the office, well, that doesn't make sense, guy, because he contacted Russians before, not to collude with them, but on behalf of the CIA. Don't worry, fellas. If the CIA comes back and says he's a source, we'll just alter the email and say he's not a source and make his contacts look nefarious. Which is exactly what happened. So, Lise, uh, let's 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 put a lid on the nonsense. 
about how the insurance policy was you and the apparatus trying to keep this Russian colluder. The insurance policy was you all clearly developing a backup plan after your Carter Page and Papadopoulos Fizes uh, got dissed by people in the FBI because you had nothing. It was your insurance policy to go back to that Papadopoulos meeting and use it to nail Page by changing the information you got from the CIA. Cut the crap, man. Stop the BS, huh? Here's another, again, Roswell Rach. Before I get to that, let me just get this second sponsor. But I'm, what I'm, here's what's coming ahead. Here's Roswell Rachel in this last cut. We're going to play her again parroting another nonsense conspiracy theory that the IG report said there was no political bias, despite the fact that Horowitz said the exact opposite. That's not what he said. She's just making it up. And uh, so we'll play that in a second. Let me just get to this. Today's show also brought to you by another great sponsor. I had to use them this week. WaxRx. Try the best ear cleaning system on the market at WaxRx.com. Ladies and gentlemen. Go, excuse me, GoWaxRx.com, GoWaxRx.com, use offer code Dan. That's Go, G-O-WaxRx.com. WaxRx has been a sponsor for us two years, and because of your support, Walgreens took notice and now carries it. Listen, it's not the sexiest product to talk about, but as I've told you, I've had a real problem with earwax buildup because of the earpieces I wear all day and used to in my prior line of work. When your ears aren't clean, they can get really uncomfortable. True story, I had an ear infection a couple weeks ago. I had to use WaxRx. Paula held the little cup up for me. You spray the solution in your ear. You let it sit. Breaks up the earwax. Cleanse them out. You get this nice warm water feel. Your ears, you're never going to feel better. You don't even know what's in there. A lot of you are using cotton swabs or cheap drugstore remedies to clear your ears, but they don't do the job. You're not supposed to stick cotton swabs inside the ear canal. That can be very dangerous. Try the doctor-developed WaxRx ear wash system. It's just like the one doctors use in their office. It saves you a trip to the doctor, copay, and it's just better. Your ears will never feel cleaner. You don't even know what's coming out of there. Try the WaxRx system by typing go, G-O, WaxRx.com. That's GoWaxRx.com. Use offer code Dan when you check out for free shipping or visit your local Walgreens. Don't wait. You have no idea what you may be missing because of the buildup of inner earwax in your ear. Visit GoGOWaxRx.com. Use offer code Dan. GoWaxRx.com. Offer code Dan at checkout for free shipping. Go check it out. You don't know what you're missing. Clean those ears. GoWaxRx.com. Offer code Dan. Okay. Thanks, WaxRx. So I'm, I'm really getting tired of hearing this. I've kind of uh, exploded a bit on TV a couple times about this. The Michael Horowitz IG report did not say conclusively, there was no political bias. That is not what he said at all. He said he couldn't find documentary evidence of political bias. In other words, there wasn't a memo out there, Joe, as I've had to now say repeatedly for liberal media lunatics like uh, Roswell who can't seem to get their story straight. He didn't find a paper that said, we are investigating Trump because we hate him. Here's the case number. Mm-hmm. Okay, is, is that surprising that they, if, if, it is, if it's surprising, you really need to have your head examined. <laughs> but here's Rachel. Uh, telling Lisa Page, parroting this talking point. I'm going to play a video in a second that totally debunks it. Check this out. And in terms of the litigation of this issue, the question about whether or not this, as the president and his supporters claim, reflected some inherent political bias by you and Mr. Strzok and that you had key roles to play in these investigations and therefore the investigations are biased. I mean, the inspector general has looked at that. Um, been critical of these expressions of of strong political views, um, but also said that there was no indication that political bias affected any decisions in either of these investigations. Full stop. But Joe, she says full stop. So then it clearly it's true. It must be. Unlike when we say full stop, period, we actually mean it. Full stop. You understand she's parroting a conspiracy theory (laughs) that Michael Horowitz has claimed there's no political bias in the case full stop. Well, let's play this brief clip, nine seconds, of Michael Horowitz. When asked about political bias, he lay, or, or the initiation report, he lays out two possible scenarios as to why they were investigating Trump. This is his words, not mine. And let me just sum it up for you. Either the people who did it were morons or they were politically biased. There's no other egg. He doesn't lay out an option C. Here's Horowitz in his own words refuting what Roswell just said. It's unclear what the motivations were. On the one hand, gross incompetence, negligence. On the other hand, intentionality. Full stop. Uh, Folks, Joe, (laughs) did you not hear that? Did you catch what I just heard? Yes, I did, Dan. He's asked clearly, why were they investigating Trump? Despite no information, Trump and his campaign had done anything wrong. He doesn't say there's no political bias. That's not what he says. 
He says, basically, they're either grossly incompetent, i.e. they're morons, option A, which is not true. Right. Believe me, I would feel, this sounds crazy, I would feel a lot better knowing I lived in a country where just stupid people made dumb mistakes. That is not what happened. And Horowitz knows that. So either A, they're morons, or B, it was due to intentionality. In other words, they intentionally target him because of political bias. Mm-hmm. Folks, I don't know what you have to do to keep that clip on your phone, keep my show on YouTube queued up to that point. I don't know. What, you need to show this to your liberal friends every five minutes of the day because they just endlessly lie to you. The report said there's no political bias. That is not true. Full stop. That's not true. Horowitz could not make the conclusion, but said it's either they're real idiots. So you believe law enforcement are idiots? I don't believe that. Then you believe in his other scenario, that it was intentional. My gosh, I can't believe I have to explain this. It's, uh, all right, I got to move on because it's just, a, I mean, a really, of all the stacked shows, this is super stacked. Hey, before I get that, one quick note in the show notes today, I've been getting a lot of requests for signed copies of my book, Exonerated. I really appreciate your support. There are still, there's a limited number left, but they're still there. They're signed books. They're not book plates. They're available. We'll put the link in the show notes, but I'll tell you it here. It's um, premiercollectibles.com slash exonerated. Premiercollectibles.com slash exonerated. They're signed books. It's not book plates. They're actual signed books. We sign. There's a limited amount left. Check them out before the holidays, premiercollectibles.com slash exonerated. Um, I really appreciate it. I just have been getting a lot of emails. I've been I've been itching to put that out. It'll be in the show notes today uh, if you go to bongino.com too, if you uh, missed the link. Okay, uh, moving on. I'm up in the air on this. So yesterday, up in the air on what? There was a yeah. FISA court just kind of stunning rebuke of the FBI, the FISA court, the FISC, uh, which is an abbreviation for the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, which was now obviously due to the IG reports information, which we already knew, clearly deceived by the FBI. They're the ones who issued the warrant to spy on Trump. Um, I've been telling you, you've been asking me this, I get this question a lot in email via Twitter and social media and elsewhere. People said, well, Dan, when is the FISA court going to speak out? Well, they did yesterday. I'm not going to read the whole memo. It's long. You can check it out. Just put FISA court rebuttal, FISA court rebuke. It's everywhere. You can check it out yourself. Maybe I'll throw a link up um, in the show notes. You're, it's four pages long. It's a pretty stunning rebuke. Now, after laying out how they were deceived by the FBI and this warrant to spy on the Trump campaign, they go on with a pretty weak response. It was basically, don't do it again and get back to me by December, uh, whatever, in 10 days or so, and tell us what you're going to do to fix this. Uh, uh, Let me put up this one line, because I want to show you something that I've been saying on this show, which Joe can attest to, Hmm. for two years now. I swore warrants out. I raised my right hand. Yes, I'm Agent Dan Bongino. The facts are true. Because people have been telling me, how does this work? Yeah. Here's, this is from the, uh, this is from the FISA, uh, this is from the uh, FISA rebuttal. I'm just going to read this one part. Rosemarie Collier, representing the FISA court, says, when it is the FBI that seeks to conduct the surveillance, the federal officer makes the application, in other words, who swears it out, is an FBI agent who swears to the facts in the application. The judge makes the required probable cause determination. Folks, she has this in italics here. On the basis of the facts submitted by the applicant. Now, why is this important? Because I've played for you video of this spineless, slithering snake, Jim Comey, and other FBI and media buffoons, um, you know, uh, the fake legal analyst, uh, dopey law enforcement analyst on CNN saying this, Joe. Their line was, and Comey's put this out there a few times. Well, this uh, FISA package had to be robust. Yeah. Because the judge agreed to it. Why is that spineless? Because the FBI agents that lied about the dossier lied to a judge, and now they're blaming the judge. Folks, I've sworn out warrants before. Judges are not investigators. Please tell me you get this. Yeah. Put that back up a second. She's clear on the italics in her just stunning rebuke of the FBI. They don't do this ever. 
that they're making their determination on the basis of the facts submitted by the applicant. I've had to say this a number of times because people have emailed me and said, Dan, why didn't the FISA court know? Because you're swearing as a federal agent that the facts you've submitted are in fact true. Yeah. It's not, folks, I cannot with a straight face blame the FISA judge. I've sworn out warrants. Judges will, on some days, can swear out five, 10 warrants, arrest warrants, search warrants. Do you honestly believe a federal judge is going to go out and reinvestigate your whole case to determine if you're telling the truth? Ladies and gentlemen, at the bedrock of our system, what is it, fidelity, bravery, uh, integrity, the FBI logo? They're assuming the integrity part is true. Again, I say this is a stunning admonition of the FBI and a rebuke of their tactics here because I've never seen anything like this in my entire life in law enforcement. A secret court judge issuing a public rebuttal. And by the way, there's more coming on this on Friday. Do not miss my show this week. There's a lot more. A stunning open public rebuttal saying you guys lied. You lied to us and it's your fault, not ours. Astonishing. The judge can only make a decision based on the information the applicant, the FBI, swears is true, folks. I'm not trying to absolve the FISA court of anything. That's not my job here. My job is to tell you the truth based on knowledge, skills, abilities, and my facts uh, and, and, and evidence and stuff I've accumulated over a lifetime of work in federal law enforcement and being an investigator now on the media side. You know, it's you not should. that the FISA court's out of blame, Joe, for anything. I'm just simply right. suggesting the overwhelming huh. majority of the blame is on the agents that swear this is well, true. You should be able now, to trust your agents, dude. That's the bottom line. You would, if you can't, it's That's all it. over. Yeah. It is. It's all over. Right. They're supposed to be the best of the best. They turned right. out in this case, those agents to be the worst of the worst. Can't believe we're saying this. Man. I, I can't either yeah. because the guys I worked with were fantastic. Right. They were. I'm not going to lie to you. Just like the pylon. Sure. Oh, the guys I worked with crap. They weren't. They were really good in the bureau. The guys I worked with were fantastic. I say guys, because I, I, I never worked specifically with any female agents. Now, why am I not more excited about this? You may say, this is great, Dan. The FISA court's now rebuking the FBI, admonishing them. The uh, inspector general just laced them in this report. This is all good news. Folks, honestly, I don't think this thing is going to be worth the paper it's printed on. Why? Because it's going to require the FBI to come clean and they're not going to do it. Here's an article I, I have in the show notes today. Again, sometimes in our show notes, you bring up older articles because they're evergreen and they're relevant again today from ABC News. Remember when Devin Nunes put out his memo, which now turned out to be factually correct about the FBI spying on Trump based on the dossier and fake information? What was the FBI's response? ABC News, January of 2018. The FBI, Joe, expresses grave concerns over accuracy of Republican surveillance memo. Read the piece. It's in the show notes. Mm -hmm. So let's just be crystal clear. The FBI that had access, obviously, to its own internal documents absolutely knew it spied on Trump based on a fake dossier. They know it now. Christopher Ray and others who know what the FBI did. Devin Nunes exposes them in a memo. He's proven exactly right by the IG report. And back then, the FBI had grave concerns about the memo. Not grave concerns in that they were going to be reformers. Grave concerns that they were implying Nunes was lying. And, 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 and Rosemary Collier, and listen, I'm not knocking. I don't, I don't know the woman. I've never met her. The FISA court judge who issued that, again, stunning public statement. You're leaving it up on the FBI to fix it? Pfft, good luck. Good luck. You're going to get nowhere with that fast. Christopher Ray is absolutely not the guy for that job. They need a maverick in there who's going to come in there and clean this disaster up. Grave concerns. Pfft, whatever. Now. You may say, all right, well, what's your fix, man? Big talker. No, I put my, my fix down in writing multiple times in, 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 in many different, uh, different varieties in the five books I've read. 
Folks, we need to get serious here. I personally believe, and this is a bold fix that I don't think anybody will put their stamp on because of the power a lot of these agencies exhibit. It's time to get rid of all the three-letter agencies. Wipe them all out. You may say, that's crazy. You want to create one mega agency? No, that's not what I'm saying. There should be three agencies out there that are responsible for the nation's security on the law enforcement CI, uh, CT side. A criminal agency? I don't forget, wipe them all out. And it's certainly not the FBI. I don't care what you call it, the ABC. All they do is criminal work. That's what they do. They do criminal work, organized crime, RICO, bank fraud, bank robbery, national crimes. Crimes that cross state lines, support mm-hmm. a local law enforcement. All they do is criminal. All right. You have a second agency. Does counterintelligence, counterterror, and fulfills a protection mission. Can absorb the Secret Service and everything else. I don't care what you call it. DEF. Doesn't matter to me. That's all they do. Counterintel, counterterror, protection, and specialty type work. Remember, protection isn't, isn't, this, isn't just the Secret Service. You have the Supreme Court, Capitol Police, all of it. Finally, you have a third agency, which is the most important. Call it whatever you want. EFG, XYZ, it doesn't matter. All they do are inspections and internal affairs. These are 1811 agents. That's all they do is monitor the actions of the other two. You may say, my gosh, well, we'd have this big, powerful criminal agency. Ladies and gentlemen, I have rebutted this a thousand times. The fear here with big government uh, you know, advocates against big government, which I, I believe me, I am firmly entrenched in that camp. Yeah. The justifiable fear, which I get, I've been on the inside though, I have a different perspective, is hey, if we get rid of the FBI and customs and DEA and ATF and TIGTA and all this other stuff, and we create one monster criminal agency, man, the, pros- the prospects for corruption and a Hoover-like administration, Joe, where they're targeting Americans, it's too powerful. Mm. That already happened, folks. We've already had Hoover, and we've just lived through Spygate. Clearly, your theory that a segmented national criminal uh, op- operation, a law enforcement operation, segmented, in other words, into, into um. Uh, excuse me, customs, DA, Secret Service, FBI. Clearly the segmented model's not working either. Am I right? Yeah. Or am I right? Because I'm right. So that's not working, okay? We have seen massive corruption now in all of those entities. Not widespread, but clear incidents of problems. And we've seen now the biggest spying scandal in U.S. history using your model. I'm going to suggest to you if we had an equally powerful inspections division, which monitored the other two, and they had the sole job of those things, three federal law enforcement CTCI uh, operations only, all equally powerful, the oversight by the third one would be more professional. I'm telling you, size is irrelevant. Now, what am I basing this on? Folks, I have experience with a basically omnipotent law enforcement entity because I had the pleasure of working for the NYPD and the Secret Service. I've seen them both. Secret Service is the segmented model. You following me, Joe? The yeah. alphabet soup of agencies. This works better. We got to break them up. We can't have one big powerful agency. It'll spy on Americans. No. Uh, did you miss that? <laughs> and then you have the NYPD model, which is basically the only, not the only law enforcement. I don't mean to demean what others do. It is by far the most powerful entity in New York City, law enforcement-wise. It's huge. It's nearly 30,000 police officers. They run, nothing happens without them. Has there been corruption there? Of course. What's the difference, folks? When you have segmented agencies, the problem you have is you get what I call the you-don't-know-what-we-do-here effect. Hmm. I was there. I've seen it. Hmm. Even in the Secret Service. Hey, don't look at this. I'm not saying, you don't know what we do here. It's a specialized job. Just leave it alone. And you know what? They don't. Most people have no idea what the Secret Service does because it's complicated and hard. The FBI with their counterintelligence. You just heard Lisa Page say it, folks. 
You don't know what we do here, man. The national security apparatus can't be sharing, tra- sharing trade secrets with Trump. He's only the commander in chief. Again, the you don't know what we do here effect. The NYPD had its issues. I'm not denying that. I'm simply suggesting that didn't work in the NYPD, Joe. People moved around amongst different divisions. Supervisors who ran one division had some exposure to maybe their ESU team Mm -hmm. and their auto crime team. They may not be detail, absolutely every detail of what auto crime's doing, but they work there when they were rookie and they have a general mm. idea. So there's none of this, hey, boss, don't pay any attention to this auto crime uh, theft ring. We're running ourselves because you don't know what we do here. They were like, no, no, uh, I worked there a while ago. We don't okay. steal cars ourselves. I'm not saying that happened. You get my point. <laughs> when malfeasance is there, everybody's going to sniff it out real quick because they do know what they do there. Folks, it's the only solution. I know nobody in Congress wants to hear it. Can't have a mega federal agency doing criminal work. Yeah, have another mega federal agency looking into their work, inspections and internal affairs. The model we have now is not working. It's broken. You just heard Lisa Page talk about it. You don't know what we do here in the FBI. We have sources and methods, man. The FBI's grave concerns over Nunez's memo. Nobody gives a crap about your grave concerns. You just spied on a presidential campaign, you lunatics. And again, I'm not knocking the guys and women on the ground. Do not misinterpret what I'm saying. And if that bothers other people, I don't care either. I worked with them. They did a good job. And my experience with them has been generally very positive. But there have been massive screw-ups. It's time to wipe the alphabet soup of agencies crystal clear and get rid of it. You don't have to fire everybody. Everybody's to be reassigned to one of these three divisions. And there needs to be massive retraining. Don't ever forget the you don't know what we do here effect. It is real. And I know every federal agent with a functioning cortex is nodding their head listening to this right now going, yeah, I've heard that too. Can't look into us in the FBI. We're spying on, you don't know what we do here. We got sources and methods. Yeah, yeah, source and methods. Hiring a foreign spy to make up a dossier. That's your source and method? (laughs) You have grave concerns about? Size isn't the problem. It's not that these federal agencies or or, or law enforcement agencies, we can't have a big one. That's not the issue. It is an issue for spending and budgets. I get that. And I am a fiscal hawk. That's not the, the NYPD is huge. The issue is nobody knows what anybody else is doing. And they're doing it. My good friend, Mike Lee, Senator from Utah, who has been warning everyone about the FISA court with Rand Paul forever. Yeah. All the senators yeah. were like, come on, Mike, you're crazy. Joe knows Mike. You guys yeah. are nuts. Mike Lee, you're near conspiracy theory. The FISA court's doing the right thing. You know, they're all apologizing now. <laughs> Tillis and others. To their credit, Ron Johnson went on TV and said, hey, I'm sorry. I screwed up. Mike Lee was right. They're all apologizing to Mike Lee. You don't know what we do here. Yo, we know now. If you had one big federal agency working on CICT protection, another one on criminal stuff, people would know what you were doing there. And they'd be a lot less hesitant to go along with it. You're wondering why we don't have any whistleblowers on this FBI case? Because you don't know what we do here. Freaking BS, man. You work for us, man. We don't work for you, Lisa. My DOJ. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our final sponsor today. I got a lot more. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be, a, again, a preloaded show day. Final sponsor today is eToro. Folks, listen, I, I've always been interested in cryptocurrencies, but being candid, I know how they work, blockchain and algorithms. I got it. I mean, I do my research, but I wasn't really sure if it was worth investing in and what was worth investing in. Well, I changed my mind when I checked out our friends at eToro. I think it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Are you interested in getting into the cryptocurrency markets, but you're not sure where to start or how to build your portfolio? Do what I did. Try eToro, try Copy Trader by eToro. With Copy Trader, you can automatically copy every trade of eToro's top crypto traders at the exact price in real time. 
No need to study up on markets or develop your own strategies. Simply sign up and copy the trader of your choice. Somebody's out there doing well, you can copy their trades. Any profits they make, you do too, proportional to your investment. With eToro, E-T-O-R-O, you get access to the world's most popular cryptocurrencies with transparent trading fees. It's super easy to use in one easy-to-use app. Copy the smart money with eToro. Uh, with eToro. Copy genius. Don't replicate mediocrity, right? What do they always say? Join now at etoro.com. That's E-T-O-R-O.com slash Bongino. Etoro.com slash Bongino. Etoro smart crypto trading made easy. Etoro's social trading platform has over 11 million traders and facilitates over 1 trillion in trading volume per year globally. You can access the world's best cryptocurrencies. They have 15 different coins available. They have low and transparent freeze. Try before you trade with a virtual portfolio with a $100,000 budget. I had a I had a good time playing around with that. It's not real. You can try before you trade so you don't have to worry about losing any money. They'll let you do that on uh, go to etoro.com/bongito. Never miss a trading trend with charts and pricing alerts that are really easy to read. Sign up today at etoro.com slash Bongino, etoro.com slash Bongino. Check it out today. You're going to love it. All right, folks, uh, back to the show. So as you can tell, I'm a little fired up today because I'm just yeah upset about just, mm-hmm. the whole, you know, it, it, it seems like we're just watching everything just evaporate before our eyes. Um, thank God the president doesn't seem to be uh, uh, wavering at all in his... Uh, ability to fight back. And I mm-hmm. appreciate that on a little bit of a lighter note, before I get to some more serious content, you know, I always enjoy Brian Stelter material because um, as I always say, Chuck Todd is the second dumbest guy in media. Brian Stelter is the dumbest. Uh, Brian Stelter is famous for, you know, face palm episodes where he humiliates himself on Twitter. So here was a good one yesterday. Uh, it's just a little background. Neil Gorsuch, Supreme court justice appeared on Fox and friends in the morning. And Brian Stelter was really offended by this. I mean, Joe, Supreme Court justices on cable TV. Oh, I mean, come on, do? man. <laughs> yeah, so Costanza lost his mind here. So here's Dopey Brian with a tweet he put out. This is just great. So uh, here's Brian Stelter, CNN Coffee Boy. Justice Neil Corsick is on Fox and Friends right now. The question. How is it appropriate for a Supreme Court justice to try to goose the sales of his book by chatting on one of the most partisan shows on TV, Coffee Boy Loser, uh, Brian Stelter, the dumbest guy in media? Um, Okay, so just to set this up, Reliable Sources host, which is hysterical that that's the title of his show, Brian Stelter is saying, Supreme Court justices on cable news, Joe? Unsat, brother. Unsatisfactory. Totally unacceptable. Uh, except for this, here's Coffee Boy Stelter a little while ago, September 3rd, 2018. RBG premiering on TV now. Uh, What's RBG? Uh, A CNN documentary on Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. An actual (laughs) documentary, Coffee Boy Costanza, is promoting on his tweet on CNN. Just By the way, yeah, crazy how that happened. Crazy. <laughs> crazy. RBG, who's been on CNN. Crazy. Because Stel- here's the thing about Stelter, <laughs> folks. Listen, I make a lot of mistakes. I'm a uh, sinner like anyone else. Sure. I try to reconcile. If I say something dumb on Twitter, uh, I'll delete it. Uh, we had to delete a Bongino report tweet together because it wasn't entirely accurate, right? It happens. Uh, it happens. This guy makes a living. And you may say, why are you always so angry at this guy? He makes a living, (laughs) literally he's paid by CNN to critique people in the media when he is the single dumbest guy in the media. He can't even keep track of his own tweets. He was loving the promotion of a Supreme Court justice on a documentary on CNN just months ago. But now when Gorsuch goes on Fox, all of a sudden it's a tragedy <laughs> worth a coffee boy Costanza critique on. The guy's a joke. He's, a t- he's so the angry. single dumbest guy in media out there today. Yeah. Hat tip, by the way, oh. Caleb Hall on Twitter for picking that out. Oh. Those two tweets. That was hey, not mine. That, he Daniel. figured it out. I always liked appropriately hat tip <sighs> yeah. Caleb Hall. Nice we job. Needed that. Disclosure, we yeah. work with Caleb on videos too. My God. Stay out. Next thing you know, Coffee Boy will tweet that. He works with this guy as if it changes his dopey <laughs> tweets. <laughs> and we needed uh, that, right? Yeah, we did. A little brother. stelter humor. Yes, we did. What a dope. Okay. Um, Okay, back to the serious stuff. We got about 10 minutes left in the show, but it's important. You know, the big picture sometimes gets lost in all this regarding Spygate. And I've insisted to you for well over two years now, based on solid sourcing, 279, others. um, This is bigger than you think, folks. 
What's really going on right now, I'm going to tie the whole show together with the impeachment, is this is an effort to tar and feather Donald Trump. Because I'm telling you with certainty, please look me in the eye through this camera right now. It's one of the most important segments I've done in a long time. I'm telling you with absolute certainty that things are are coming out. Really bad things. And I don't mean that in kind of like a tease. Oh, listen to my show in six months and all. No, I, I don't mean it that way. I know it sounds that way because obviously I have a show and you know we want people. To, that's not what any of this is about. These are really damaging things for our country. I'm not kidding. They're going to paint Barack Obama himself and his administration in an extremely, extremely bad light. For as much as I couldn't stand the ideological leanings and policies of Barack Obama, it gives me no joy in telling you that a U.S. president was able to pull off what they were able to pull off in Spygate. I've been getting some more stuff lately from people who, as our show grows, more and more people are piling in and more and more sources are piling in that a lot of what we've been talking about um, is coming out. So let's get to it. Folks, Obama knew. The Obama administration clearly knew what they were doing here. They were spying on political candidates. Now, you may say, well, that's not news. Well, I got kind of a little pointer from a friend and then someone else who I'm a little skeptical of, but a friend the other day kind of put me in this story. And it's interesting how they both came in roughly at the same time. Do you remember this WikiLeaks drop about this memo? This was a Democrat Party memo from Hillary's campaign team that was seen by a lot of influential Democrats, and I'm sure including people in the Obama administration. I want you to check this out. You can read the I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's a portion down halfway below. If you want to read it, go to youtube.com slash Bongino. It doesn't really matter because there's one portion of it that sticks out. This is a memo from the Hillary campaign team to the Democratic National Committee. They talk about Pied Piper candidates on the Republican side that they want to pump up. And who are these three candidates? Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, and Ben Carson. What do they mean by that, the Pied Piper candidates? Remember what we're talking about. I just gave you the lead. We didn't bury it. The lead is this is a spying scandal, not a Trump scandal. That's why I called my initial book on it Spygate and not Trumpgate. All right. The Pied Piper candidates they were looking at, the whole theory behind the memo was that the Democrats wanted to pump up these three candidates, Trump, Carson, and Cruz, because they thought they were renegades. And that by pumping up these candidates, Hillary Clinton, they thought stood a better chance of winning against them, against more of the establishment guys like Scott Walker and others, who they frame as establishment. I'm not doing that. You get my point, Joe? Yeah. Kind of like what Republicans are doing now. We'd rather run against Bernie because he's crazy. Exactly then, you know, run against maybe one of the other candidates. The Democrats, according to this memo, had the same kind of theory. But they called them the Pied Piper candidates, Cruz, Carson, and Trump, because they were renegades and because they were unpredictable. Now, Joe, I'm asking you, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think in the field of politics, would you rather be able to predict what someone's going to do? It's not a trick question. Or would you rather be confused by their next move? (laughs) You want to be able to predict them, daddy-o. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. That memo, ladies and gentlemen, leaked by WikiLeaks is very telling because it shows you that the Democrats weren't really worried about Walker or Rubio because they could pretty much predict based on standard Republican talking points in the, in the past exactly what they were going to do. They couldn't predict what was going to happen with Cruz, Carson, and Trump. So what did they do? Well, how would you predict what they did? Well, I... Hmm. Maybe if you spied on them? Yeah. Yeah, that comes to mind. Now, how would you spy on them, folks? Because we have rules against that stuff in the United States. We don't spy oh. on presidential campaigns. No, come on, so Joe, what? we don't do that. But it's interesting that we have these Five Eyes intelligence partners, these friendly governments, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and others. We have these Five Eyes partners where we share intelligence, Joe, but the intelligence is supposed to be uh, basically counterterrorism type things and intelligence for national security. It's not supposed to be political information. Right. Uh, the, what was the genesis of this CNN article then if they were just sharing national security information? Because this seems kind of odd. Keep in mind, Cruz, Carson, Trump. 
April 14, 2017, CNN, an article that's still up there has never been retracted. British intelligence passed Trump Associates communications with Russians onto U.S. counterparts. So now we know, according to CNN's own reporting, this is fascinating, Joe, that the U.K., United Kingdom, was effectively spying on the Trump campaign at the behest of the U.S. government under the guise that it was being done for national security when we now know that was all a hoax. Another interesting piece at Business Insider, which kind of nails this thing to the wall from the past. You'll see these up at the show notes today, again, at Bongino.com. Go to Bongino.com slash newsletter, sign up for my newsletter. I'll email you these stories every day. You'll be read in good. Business Insider headline. British intelligence reportedly told the CIA months before the election that Trump's campaign had illicit contacts with Russia. Folks. British intelligence and some of their GCHQ representatives. They have access to some facilities our guys do too. So if the Obama administration can't spy directly on the Pied Piper candidates, Cruz, Carson, and Trump, because they're unpredictable and the Obama team and the Hillary team wants to be sure they can predict what's next. If we can't spy, our friendly UK friends can. And being that we're co-load in a couple different locations, it probably wouldn't be hard to say, hey, UK, can you do a little bit of spying and kind of pass the note next door? Well, what's fascinating is because a couple of folks over there in the uh, UK intelligence, I will guarantee you, I am reasonably confident that what's about to come out, mark this show, today's date it is december 18th that's correct that a lot of the information that happened to appear in various dossiers and other types of opposition research may be similar information that was passed from the united kingdom over to the united states how could that be i thought this was five eyes intelligence sharing not opposition political research maybe if we slide it to the opposition research guys then we can then give it to the fbi and pretend it came from them and not from an illicit spying operation being run by foreign governments to circumvent U.S. anti-spying on American citizen laws. Give it to the oppo guys and let them give it to the FBI. But why don't they just tell the FBI directly? Because they're not supposed to be spying on presidential campaigns. That doesn't say opposition research folks can't. Mm. Now, what's fascinating is I'll bet a lot of this information goes back prior to Trump even announcing. And one of the people who suspiciously becomes a target of the FBI, this is fascinating. Remember, we're talking about spying on the Pied Pipers, Trump, Carson, and Cruz. Fascinating that the primo target number one of this campaign to spy on the unpredictable candidates by the BHO administration and Hillary is George Papadopoulos. Why is that interesting? Because, Joe, George Papadopoulos didn't join the Trump campaign first in the presidential election. He joined a different campaign. Oh, that's right. A Ben Ron. Carson on December 15th. That was Ben Carson. One of Ron. the other yes. Pied Piper yes, candidates. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so when Trump decides to tell the Washington Post editorial board that George Papadopoulos is now working for him, these people who are spying are probably like, wow, that's the same guy who was on the other campaign we were looking at. Maybe we should make him the target of our conspiracy. All of a sudden, a guy shows up to tell Papadopoulos about Russian emails. Joseph Mifsud. And then another guy shows up, Alexander Downer, to take the information from Papadopoulos that he was allegedly told about Russian emails on Hillary. And then he gives it to the FBI that then opens up a case. That conveniently confirms the UK intelligence being passed to Trump the entire time about the, uh, the Obama's team about Trump colluding with the Russians. The only confirmation they ever had, the Papadopoulos conversation, which was nonsense. Folks, what's about to come out is that the FBI spying operation started by the Oppo research firm that was clearly given information by intelligence insiders to give to the FBI to open up a federal case. The reason they opened up the federal case and got the FISA warrant was to cover their tracks. The FISA warrant, Joe, was going to be a legal predicate for all of the illicit spying that happened in the past mm -hmm. and was going to be the cover story right. for them. 
because this information was out there via illicit means from foreign partners. Now they can say, oh, no, we didn't get that from them. We got it from the FBI. Remember the FISA warrant? Look, it was all legal. The FISA warrant was started because of oppo research that I'm sure was sourced to people in the intel community illegally spying on the Trump team. And don't forget, when they get shut down, even despite all this, remember, we talked about in the beginning, the insurance policy was the was the Papadopoulos meet. That was their insurance policy. They got shut down. They asked mm-hmm. for a FISA on Papadopoulos. They were told no. Yeah. They got shut down on a FISA on Carter Page. They were told no. What magically appears? The bribe charge in the Steele dossier on Carter Page. Oh, they attempted to bribe him. The only crime that appears anywhere in the dossier. And that's what seals the deal. Maybe I'll go into this a little more tomorrow. But Joe, that makes sense? Yeah, man. Yeah, that unfortunately. Yeah, it was too easy to understand. Yeah. yeah. Mifsud injection, yeah. downer ejection of information. Man, some of this stuff is just so hard to swallow, man. I mean, it's just awful. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, thanks, Dan. All right, fellas, ladies. That's a lot of info for one show. Yeah. Uh, sad day in America, but um, you know we'll get through it. We got a fighter in the White House, thank God. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. We're trying to get to 400,000 subscribers. We really appreciate it. Folks, I'll be on Mark Levin tonight if you want to listen, fill in and form, and I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.